Hi, I'm Lisa Lloyd, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. As a psychologist, psychotherapist, and business owner of It's Time for Change, I meet so many talented individuals who are aligned with my mantra, get people right, get business right. I'm going to be talking to some of these super interesting people who have stories, insights, and strategies to share about what it takes to be a great company with inspiring leadership, awesome culture, and a wow workforce. So let's dive in. Right, so today I'm joined by Ali Hollist of Try Swim Coach, who I think we're probably actually more at home having this conversation on a mountain than over Zoom, <laughs> particularly on a day like so when the sun's shining. Um, so hi, Ali. Hi, Lisa. Yeah, thanks. It's a beautiful day. Uh, yeah, I would love to be in the mountains at the moment on a day yeah. like today. You know, it's cold, it's crisp, it's fresh. Uh, it feels like one of those days where it's really nice to look forward rather than focus on what we're kind of leaving behind, I think. Yeah, exactly. So we connected last year i was trying to think about um how we came across each other but we connected when i heard your story about uh your career and actually the role that your mental health had in terms of shaping um that career and it really inspired me um just your sense of resilience and determination and kind of how um you've evolved and how you've shaped depending on what your strengths are and what you feel your needs are at that particular time and that, because I do a lot of stuff around mental health and well-being, that's my kind of key passion, underpins everything else I do, your story really resonated with me. And then when we met for coffee, and I was really struck by those words, I'm unemployable, uh, which which obviously you're not unemployable to all those potential employers out there. Um, <laughs> but it's that sense of, you know, we both run our own businesses and we love what we do. And it's that sense of actually we can do it how we want to do it and we can base it all around who we really are and the sense of going back to something where you're told how to do things um is quite a is quite a tall order now isn't it yeah absolutely definitely i think um you know when you do run your own business it's you know there's various parameters that you need to legally stick within but obviously it's almost an open book to do things your way which is you know, you mentioned about my sort of mental health journey and stuff. It's something that I've realised over the last probably five to ten years is that you can do things your own way and put your own twist on things. You don't have to fall within certain criteria. And I think that is one of the beauties of running your own business is you you can form it how you want to form it, taking the direction you want to go, take the foot off the gas when you want to and really hammer it when you want to. And I think, you know, being in control of that, and being aware of that is is now quite a strong, powerful kind of driver for both me and my wife with Trishman Coaching. Yeah, and I think that's why so many people that I speak to who have, you know, are running their own businesses really shudder at the thought of actually going back to being employed because you suddenly create a role that really works around your lifestyle and you can't imagine going back to something that has... Um, expectations parameters that really don't fit with 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 that um which kind of begs the question about are employers uh getting this right you know in terms of how they think about work and how they meet employees needs and how they are making themselves i guess fit for the future of work and, and what people want but before we come on to that tell us a little bit more about 
you and your role and and your business yeah okay definitely so me and my wife annie we set up try swim coaching in 2015 uh before that i had my own coaching business which i set up in 2012 or 2013 i think she'd had her personal training kind of business which turned into swimming and triathlon coaching since i think 2008 so when we kind of met in 2012 uh, we were both doing triathlons. Um, I was still full-time employed in what people would consider probably a normal job, um, but hated it, you know, hand on heart, was not happy, etc. cetera. Um, and, you know, when me and my wife got together, we one thing that really brought us together was the sense of adventure and exploring and, you know, just thinking, oh, right, let's pack a bag tomorrow. We're going to go off and go somewhere and go on an adventure. And when we came to set up Try Some Coaching, because we were both, coaching our own separate business we suddenly thought what are we doing we live in the same house why don't we just pull these businesses together and just make make the one business and kind of turn it into this big uh, beautiful kind of thing but one of the things that we we made sure was that we always knew our values to ourselves of why we were setting up the business yes you know from a professional point of view we wanted to help people with their journey of triathlon and better themselves and you know help them on this journey of creating the best versions of themselves but also on a personal level, we wanted to keep that opportunity to create adventure whenever we wanted to and have that as an opportunity. If the opportunity came up, it's up to us whether we focused on the work or whether we focused on the adventure and to have that freedom, which is something that from my own perception and probably experience, you don't get that same amount of freedom when you are employed. Mm. Uh, you know that's quite a sweeping comment but more often than not that would probably be the case Mm. and I think so for us you know now we've got three young kids you know the oldest is five the youngest is one you know the sense of adventure is still there the opportunities are few and far between but when they do come up we still have the ability to take them because you know we just organize that between each other and it's a small business we don't have too many employees we did go through a phase of wanting to really grow the business and make it less about Annie and I and more about the product and the brand but ultimately the sort of workload that to do that actually didn't really turn us on so much as actually the coaching which we both really thrive at and what we love to do so we've kind of you know covid you know that's a different conversation but we're kind of focusing now on just making the business sustainable making it tick over nicely so that we can spend time with our children as a family you know so i spend half the day with my family and half the day working monday to friday so more often than not and um yeah we, we just want to make sure that we sort of put them first and for me personally work has never been the sort of um it's never been the thing that I want to commit 110% to work. For me, there's lots more to life than just work. Work is a facilitator to enjoy other things. So yes, it's an important part, but for me, it's not a massive part. You know, my kids, my adventures, my lifestyle, my wife, you know, that's what's important to me. And if work can fund that, and it is, then that's fine. I love those words. Everything you just said is exactly what I would say. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Literally, uh, I remember meeting um, my coach, my business coach years ago, um, a fantastic guy called Dave Greenaway, and um, and having the conversation with him, I, you know, where I was saying, I don't know if you're going to take me seriously as a, a business person, because yes, I've got my own business, but that's not my priority. My priority is my family. I don't want to work all hours. 
Um, I want to be around for my kids. Um, actually, I still really, you know, exercise and that's still important to me. So I want to be able to go and do that during the day. I don't want to work evenings and weekends. Um, I don't want to employ lots of people because that changes what my focus is on my job. And actually, I really like doing what I like doing, which is the psychology and therapy bit and not managing people. And um, and I kind of just splurged all this stuff out. I said, this is what I was, is important to me. And as you say, my, my job, I, I run my business because I love what I do, but I don't want that to be what my life's about. And it's, it's when Dave looked at me and just smiled and nodded and said, that's brilliant. We can definitely work with that. <laughs> it's like some sense of relief that I was still being taken seriously as a business owner, but I didn't have to tick all the boxes that I thought you had to tick um, if you're setting up a business or kind of developing a business. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. And I, I've worked with a sort of well, performance coach or a life coach or whatever label you want to put on her. But she, um, we worked on my values and what my my sort of perception of success mm. and I think for many years six years as a young young man so you know late teens 20s I really struggled with what I valued as success even probably to my mid-30s to be honest I'm mm. nearly 40 now of what success means and you know there's a lot of pressure to I went to public school so and you know some of my friends are very very successful in their fields of work mm. and there's a, I've, I have felt previously a lot of pressure to perform in that respect to have the career to have the you know the massive salary to have all of these kind of things but then if I think about that is that success because what I've spoken about just now about being there for my family being there for my you know children having the time to take opportunities to go on adventures all this kind of stuff mm. well for me that's success because I do have all of that mm. so you know, I've realised that probably in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, mm. that what, you know, what is success? And that will evolve, that will change, I'm sure, and that's fine. You know, my, I don't know, my, my success might need to change at some point. Mm. Um, but that's the beauty of kind of growing and moving on. Absolutely. And I think that whole, you know, sense of growing and evolving, it's for me... Again, I like to buck trends, so I never have a long-term business plan. I have no idea what 2022 is going to hold for me. Um, I know what's in my diary, and I know what I kind of got some ideas in my head. And but it depends who I have conversations with, and what opportunities come up, and what I feel excited about at the time. And that's what I go with. And it's that sense of just flow. And I have to say, it's worked really well because you just meet some fantastic people and fantastic. You know, opportunities come up, um, whether that's collaboration or supporting people with, with particular challenges, whatever it might be. But because it's the right fit at the time and you get excited by it, you're getting engaged for the right reasons rather than it's in my plan, I should be ticking that off. Much definitely. more fluid. Yeah, definitely. I think like last year, one of my things last year was to try and um, take, make and create opportunities. Mm. Um, and I know, you know, we spoke at length about injuries and last year mm. I properly did my knee mm. um, and it could have been, I could have seen that as a real, you know, downturn, but, you know, I had to flip it to an opportunity and the opportunity is to actually reassess my work life, spend more time with my family. And, you know, I'm still on that kind of journey of reassessment at the moment, um, mm. which is really interesting. But I think, yeah, opportunities particularly again when you work for yourself there is no sort of path 
per se. Some people like I'm I'm similar to you. I don't really have a long term plan. Mm. Just kind of take the opportunity if it arises and or create it if there isn't one. Yeah, and exactly. Try and, and try and work like that. And I think the the really exciting thing is you don't really know what the outcome is going to be. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You never you never quite you can't predict the future. No. And yeah. you know what, there's sometimes when I think, and I've, I've said this on before to people, you know, sometimes I would, I would have loved to have had, um, you know, woken up one day as a sort of 15 year old and gone, oh, do you know what, I want to be a doctor, or mm-hmm. I want to be a lawyer or a vet or something. And then you kind of, you know, that pathway and you follow it and you succeed and create and you've got that thing. And sometimes I, I crave that because probably purely because of the simplicity of mm of it mm. but most of the time there's no way I'd want that no, I think, <laughs> and also because you get you know people who I know are in those more tr- traditional roles suddenly get to a point they think oh I'm I'm I've been labeled as this and these these are my parameters you know this is my role and they're desperate to get out of that and do something different which they struggle to do more because there are certain expectations of them and their career set up in a particular way whereas actually you or I can you know we're doing this right now and then we can leap over there and do that and we can try this and and we can be really experimental which is one of the things I love um just you know trying different things one of the things Dave helped me was to narrow down what I was focusing on because I was going off in so many different directions um because the the possibilities are endless Uh, but it does mean you have to you well I guess it comes back to thinking what's important I guess what does success look like and like you said it's almost hitting that pause button isn't it and mm-hmm. saying do i do i feel successful now um in in line with my values so right now if i haven't got on top of my backlog of email which i haven't and all these other things on my desk is that is that an issue for me well actually no because you know what i've spent some time in my kids last night doing stuff they wanted to do so yes the house might be a mess or this might be a you know, not ideal in terms of my, my work, but I'm getting the balance right. The things that matter, I think, are, are, are what I deem by success. I think that's so important, you know, to, to recognise is the balance. It's so, it's so easy to get, you know, really caught up on things and or in things and, you know, start to worry and start to stress about things that actually, if you, if you take a deep breath and take a step away, they're not necessarily as important as mm. they may seem at a time. And, you know, when, when, when opportunities come up for me, whether it's a business opportunity or, or a personal opportunity, I try and make that decision there and then, okay, you know, that opportunity is there. What am I taking it for? Is that for me or is that for our business? Or, mm. And as long as, it's, as long as I'm aware of what that opportunity is and yeah. if it's for me or the business, then I can kind of use it for that reason or go for it with that, mm. you know, backup rather than the like you say, the confusion sometimes, and I think we've all been guilty when you set up your own business, is trying to take on everything. Yeah. And you just, and you're like, I don't know what, hang on a minute, I've got juggling too many balls. Yes. And, you know, it's sudden, that's when, you know, running your own business, you learn about that because you're kind of in it and you suddenly think, I can't handle all of this. Mm. Um, which is a great experience to go through because, you know, that, you know, seven years in or whatever now to running our own business, mm. we know when, when to kind of pounce and when to let yeah. stuff go and when yeah. to get help and when not to and and all that you know all those things you kind of that you softly learn as you go yeah. but it's all I really guess, interesting yeah and that experience of running your own business is what pushes you through that almost that pain 
threshold of this feels really uncomfortable. I'm going to have to do something different and I, I have to stop and reassess and, as you say, get help and so on. I was, it reminds me of a conversation I was having with a client earlier this week who was saying she was feeling re really overwhelmed at work um, and she realised that she was trying to live by the values of the company which didn't necessarily, weren't her values. So she was trying to do the right thing by the company all the time. She didn't want to let the company down and because she was very conscientious. But it meant that she hadn't really thought about her own values. She just hadn't really stopped and thought consciously what is important to me. And then when we explored that a little bit, she realised that actually she had to completely change her whole approach to her day to day because she was almost disregarding her own needs and those of her family because she needs to do what was right for the company. It's like, actually, I need to start doing what's right for me. And if I start doing what's right for me, I'll be a far better employee in my company and my, you know, for my team and I'll be far more productive. And it was this, it was a real sim simple shift just in terms of her thinking about her values. But you can see the energy change in her, that sense of, wow, if I just do what's right for me, it's going to be better for everyone. I, I get it. I really get the the drive for people. I've I've never really had it, you know, you know as i've alluded to i i don't feel like i'm the best employee mm. and i guess one of the reasons for that is because i do like to buy I, well i like i know it's important that i put myself first mm. even with my family if i'm if i'm not right it has an adverse effect on my mm. family so i've got mm. to put myself in a position where i'm good mm. to then be a good father a good husband etc mm. and i think you can transfer that into business mm. and i see people all the time you know they commit to a brand or a business which is and i'm not saying that's a bad thing i'm saying that's a good thing but sometimes the level of commitment becomes like your client all-encompassing then detracts from all the other parts of their life and then that detracts from their lifestyle and their performance and their ability and their mindset yeah. so to put themselves first and to recognize that hang on a minute i need to be good i need to be right i need to take care of my well-being and when i do that i'm then a far better employee probably a better person probably mm. a better person yes. outside of work as well which leads to a much greater sense of wellness and achievement yeah but i think it's people get stuck in that cycle of um, the pressure at work. Mm. And the thing I hear most is I don't have time to put myself first. And when people talk about, you know, goodness, there have been so many opportunities for people to go and find out a bit more about wellbeing and how to look after themselves and so on since the <laughs> pandemic. Um, and, but still people say, you know, they'll go on, they'll attend a particular workshop or something and they'll say, but actually, Although it all sounds great, I don't have time to do anything about that. I can't fit that into my day. And I love it when you help people um, understand what's going on in their brain and actually understand that if you just step back a little bit from the pressure and you do something that's right for you and you prioritise you, then this is what's actually happening in your brain. This is what's going to happen to your performance and your energy and your relationships and, you know, the list goes on. And when people have the courage to try it a little bit, you know, just experiment a bit, and they suddenly realise that the importance of that is for, it's, it's, has a huge, huge effect on their day to day. But the courage, you know, people are almost in this mindset of, I can't possibly stop my work because I'm nowhere near getting on top of it to do something for me. Do, do you know, I find, yeah, I find it really interesting because I, so with my coaching, my, my sort of triathlon coaching, I coach people online, you know, do their mm. daily training, mm. write their training plans, for like their long-term plans for them. And 
because of the nature of triathlon and the people that I work with, a lot of that will kind of develop into a little bit more in terms of life coaching and helping people sort of balance training and family and mm. commitments and work commitments and stuff. So I quite often have these conversations with some of my athletes. And one of the things that I have noticed over the years is that, you know, when they're saying I haven't got time to train or I haven't got time to, you know, do, do my yoga or my gym session yeah. because of traditionally work, mm. I sort of challenged them. I said, well, if one of your colleagues were saying the same thing, what would you say to them? And they said, well, I'd tell them to get out and yeah. do the gym session. Yeah. Well, well, why aren't you doing it yourself? And, you know, as a coach, I, you know, a lot of the advice I give, do I follow it myself all the time? Definitely not because I'm human. Mm. But it's when you give someone that opportunity to kind of, well, what would you say to someone else in that scenario? And they give you the answer that they need. It's kind of like, okay, there you go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's work with that. Yeah. So when you think about the words employee experience, because, you know, what we're talking about is our experience of work, our experience mm -hmm. of life. And although we're not employees, there's this whole, you know, it's a, it's a term that's used a lot. What does it mean to you when you think about employee experience, whether that's for yourself or kind of more, more generally? So, I mean, I'll, I'll start with my, from my, from my experience of my, my employee experiences, I have to say none of them have been that great. Mm. I used to work in hospitality, so in bars and restaurants, you know, in Europe and in in the UK mm. and some of those are really good you, you, you know you, I was 20 years old and you get looked after you get looked after really well in the terms of in the sense of hospitality you know there's yeah. lots of parties and fun and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff which at that age is really it's really good fun but I don't know do you learn that much of it from that that's going to set you up for later on in life mm. I'm not so not so sure and then when we look at some of my later kind of employed work I definitely I definitely didn't feel valued as such. I got hired for one role as a as a, a specialist, but then when I started the work, it was all dictated to me what I should and shouldn't do, and not actually given the reins that I was wanting to to mm. be the specialist that I was employed to be. And I felt that was a real kick in the teeth because mm. um, you just feel like you're not trusted or you're not. Um, yeah, you're not trusted to yes. do the thing that you've been brought in to do. And that's yeah. not, not a particularly nice feeling. So I think in a more general sense, I think employee experience needs to be all about value, needs to be about the opportunity to succeed, mm. being about being open to being who you are in your role. Mm. And let's be honest, you're hired to do a particular job. You need to be allowed to get on and do that job. So it's that sense of autonomy and trust which is huge definitely you know I don't think you know you don't just hire someone and leave them to do what they want to do but you know you hire someone and you work with them to get the best out of them and you only work with someone to find out more about that person to then work out how you manage them and I guess this leads on to a whole different concept of oh, challenge of management how do you manage people and I think a lot of people fall into management who don't necessarily have the skills and the experience that they could have to be the best managers and that's detrimental to a, to a business and to people i would say the majority of managers <laughs> that, that skill set because <laughs> I, I mean i think every company i've spoken to recently has said one of their challenges has been their managers not criticizing the managers by any means because 
they become managers in the way that most companies promote people up the ladder they don't necessarily invest in that specific skill set um and of course you know i actually have a lot of empathy for managers who suddenly have a lot on their shoulders and they you know you've got to be managing a remote workforce perhaps or um you know you suddenly got to be a specialist in looking after people's well-being and you've got to, you know there's so many different things suddenly it's almost like being a parent <laughs> well, yeah, exactly and that doesn't come with a handbook no. it's that it's that sense of you know where where why we're not investing in these people we're not kind of giving people the skills and the confidence and so on um and so people are in these roles where they're panicking they feel out of control and often a lot of people's way of responding to that is is almost to try and micromanage and you know if i've got control over everything then surely it's going to be much more successful um rather than actually having the the ability to step back and give people um you know trust people to have that sense of autonomy and uh, as long as you're clear on your values that they're going to live those values and so on yeah definitely and i think it's important to remember that you know as much as as an employee you probably what well, someone like myself would like the sort of the openness and the autonomy to get on with it you know that is ultimately then it's up to me to take that and get on with it mm. and to do you know to do what i've been employed to do mm. and as an as an element of yes i rely on i would rely on the business to provide me with the means to do that and if they do do that, then that's on my shoulders to get my mm. my job done and, 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 you know, reach for help when it's needed. Mm. And to know that that help's going to be there as and when and if I need it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the employee experience is, I think it's got to be, you know, if I could sum it up, it's, you've got to have the opportunity to achieve. It's got to be fun. You know, you've got to you've got to enjoy what you do. Mm. You've got to be in an environment that works for you and be allowed to kind of thrive as you. Mm. I think that that would be my mm. my a fun bit is so important, isn't it? I think people definitely miss that fun bit. actually we just focus on work being fun and people are happy. I was actually having a conversation earlier this week with a bunch of people and talking about happiness. And you get there is a, there are a few skeptical looks like you know it's just really about going around and just hugging everybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not about that. But you know, think fundamentally. When you feel happy, you're in a good place to do whatever you're engaging with, um, whatever that might look like. Um, you know, we're not we're not prioritising that enough. But I know for you, you know, sport and physical activity is what you use as as a driver for happiness and and well being and so on. That's kind of what's behind your business so what do you think other companies can learn from that yeah it's uh it's an interesting one you know sports always been a constant of mine since uh, since i could walk um always kicking a ball around throwing a ball around um played quite competitive uh, or very competitive level hockey as a, mm. as a youth up until 18 that then i smashed my knee for the first time um, and then since then, I've done kickboxing, um, Ironmans, triathlons, all sorts of swimming, running, mountain events, et cetera. So sport's always been a constant thing for me that's kind of, it, it sort of brings out the best in me these days, definitely, mm. um, on, on a personal level. I think without sport, particularly running for me, without running, it would be, I would find things probably a lot more challenging. Um, but I think from for businesses, you know the the importance of teamwork mm. is huge 
Mm. You know, and having, you know, you can look at teamwork in two ways. You can look at a team that's not very good or a team that's very good and break those two different things down. You'll come mm. up with lots of different things. But I think teamwork is really important as a concept and mm. having a good team that can thrive. And I think a good way for business to help build a good team environment is to get involved in some sporting activity outside of the workplace. Mm. You know, you could go even as far as saying, you know, take each other climbing when you go climbing you've got literally got your your colleague's life in there in your hands mm. as they're climbing up this mm. wall and you know that is something that builds teamwork and trust which will go a lot further than that climbing wall or that crag that you might take them to you know yeah. so I think in terms of you know the outdoors in terms of sports there's so many lessons that can be learned there's so many experiences that can be had that, that can only benefit people and teams mm. you know you can get you can better individuals you can better people you know it's the because in business the, you know you and i know running your own business there's sometimes there's this fear of the unknown don't know what's coming around the corner yeah and i think if you you've experienced that in a sporting sense or a challenge sense you know that that can be a bit more peaceful mm. yeah can, exactly i think kind of embrace that rather than really dread it and fear it yeah and as you say, it's that whole when you're as part of a team and you're able to share and talk about that quite openly with other people who are going who are going through the same thing. Um, that's quite empowering, isn't it? I I like you, so I love running and just being outdoors. Um, I used to row a little bit, and part of that, you know, you've got to be absolutely together. Um, otherwise, it, you know, one person out, it just doesn't work. And you you just think about you had the honesty you have to have if you're not quite feeling up to it or if someone's not quite right, you work together as a team to help that person improve and develop and so on, rather than criticising or ignoring or whatever, because it just doesn't work as a whole team. And you think there are so many lessons that we should be taking into business in terms of, you know, who's struggling with what, how can we help them? Are we even noticing what's going on for people? Um, you know, people who are doing really, really well, what why what are they doing well how can we learn from them and so in the sporting world it's kind of like that's the norm that's how we're supposed to behave but in a business world it's more you know we're perhaps a bit more competitive with each other or a bit more skeptical or a bit more judgmental about that team over there um you know they're not so great or and and i think it's there's so much to learn from combining the lessons that we from sport into into the business world how, how do you think we could do that more i mean what is our have you i mean of other than going and hanging off a mountain which mm -hmm. is, i have to say i'll be there um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in terms of like for for most companies what would be your advice then for how they could encourage that sense of you know team bonding through doing something that is a bit more active you know outside of the normal work i think the best advice is just completely flip up the environment that you mm -hmm. do the extracurricular activity whatever they choose whatever you choose to do is you know just take it away from screens and away from yeah. um away from offices away from you know take it outside mm. where people will feel vulnerable people will feel challenged mm. in a different way um, if i revert back to a previous career working in outdoor education i used to teach survival skills to children in the woods so we used to take groups of school kids into the woods for either a day or up to five five nights mm. they would literally sleep in the woods and shelters and tents and things 
And typically the teachers will always arrive on day one and they tell us what's out for that kid, that kid and that kid. They're the, essentially they're the naughty ones that are going to cause all the problems. And every single course, they were, the, they were the kids that would be like, wow, what is this cool opportunity I've got? And they would be really like embracing it. Yes, they may, they may act up a little bit, but they would embrace everything that we were doing. Mm. And I think when you change up the environment, you see different sides to people. You see different strengths, different weaknesses, different um, skills, different abilities, different um, communication skills, all of these things, you know. And so if you're going to do something, flip the environment, you yeah. know. And I find out really what people's strengths and skills are because it's, it yeah. reminds me of something you were saying before about, um, you know, what are our strengths what are you know what what is it that we love doing and actually if we could move away in business from traditional job descriptions and go and work more much more fluidly around okay this is my team of people what are their strengths and and create the roles around your team is far more effective because it's it's it always it still shocks me how you have someone who i don't know, maybe hates public speaking or something but in their job role they're supposed to go and deliver x y and z report you know every quarter to their team or to the wider audience you think but they're not the right person to be doing that they might be brilliant at compiling the report but give the delivery to someone else who loves that sort of stuff because yeah. not only are your employees going to be happier but as a company you're going to you will clearly see the results if you've got the right people doing the, the right jobs yeah definitely yeah, I, th I really like that concept you just mentioned there, like the fluidity of roles, mm. I think, of, I think, you know, there are businesses out there definitely that are um, really forward thinking and already taking these concepts and applying them really well. And But uh, equally, there's businesses out there that are probably quite stuck in their ways and sooner or later will probably feel a bit left behind. Mm. And if you look at the, you know, the younger generation coming through, they want different things from what, you or I may have wanted when we were looking to become yeah. employed originally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not going to change. So what is it then, that leads us on nicely to thinking about what is it about work life that you want now that you kind of made the off the cuff, off the cuff comment <laughs> about I'm unemployable. <laughs> I don't know. I so, you know, I, I like to do things my way. Yeah. Um, I like to, I really do like, you know, when I said about setting up our own business, I really like that, that not even concept. I like the fact that I can, as long as I've got blessing from my wife, yeah. I can say I'm going away for 24 hours on a micro adventure with a mate mm. and I, I don't have to answer to anybody. I'm mm. just sticking an autoresponder onto my emails and, and that's great. And that, that is a really big thing for me, you know? Mm. And yes, there's bosses out there that probably would allow that, but equally it would be, wouldn't be the simplicity of going next week, this is what I'm going to do yeah. and I'm off. Um, so, you know, the simplicity of, of running my own business is great. What, what else makes me unemployable? Um, I find, I've found with managers before people that I've been working for is that if we don't necessarily see eye to eye, I, I, that's it. That's it for me. Mm. I don't want to work with someone who, you know, it might, it's an interesting one. I don't necessarily want to work with someone who, who I don't think values my input. Mm. Mm. If they don't value my input, then there's no point in me being there. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah and I guess personally when I was a bit younger I could probably be quite brash about that which probably never never it would only end in one way I guess <laughs> um yeah and I and I think yeah going back to the value thing it's something that I I feel quite strongly about now about you know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do some work with somebody or for somebody mm. I need to feel value and that's not necessarily monetary value that is in terms of you know, the work I'm doing is, is going to mm. be really well received and it's going to be, you know, powerful enough for what it's needed for. Um, and that is a big thing for me. I think you've hit the nail on the head, though, for what work is, what people want from work. For a lot of people, it's that sense of um, being valued and it's that sense of fitting in and feeling um, like you're part of the team and, you're, you know, you've, you've got this great trusting relationships and people believe in you, um, people have your back, you know, it's, I think, and I think that's where companies now are beginning to stand apart from their competitors, when it's not just, you know, we are providing whatever jobs, you know, these specific roles, it's actually, well, we've got these particular roles, but within this wider culture, and actually this culture is all about making sure we're putting your needs first and making sure that, you know, you feel one of the team, making sure you know that you're valued, you know, you're recognised for your contribution and and your contribution, by the way, is not just your output, but it's about how well you get on with your teammates and um, how, you know, motivated you are and or much more about the emotional side of business, which I think is kind of what you were hitting on a bit. Yeah, I, you know, I'm as the older I've got, the more I've realised I am actually way more emotional than I ever realized mm. and if I go back to my last probably week in hospitality when I was I don't know I think it was 2009-2008 we'd just taken as a small bar we just it can hold you know 100 people absolute maximum at any time we'd taken over I think it was 12 grand in one weekend or mm. on a Friday and a Saturday night and on my Monday morning catch up with the owners there was no thank you or mm. well done or that's great really really proud of what you've managed to achieve with the team mm. it was like this hasn't been done might be done this <laughs> and I was like ridiculous yeah. like yeah. you've just taken a record weekend and you, there's not even a thank you yeah it's like, I think that recognition piece is is so important um and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what that is in life, does it? It's, I still remember my husband, he was um, volunteering for a particular community group a while, a number of years back and um, had done that for quite a long time. And then he finished doing it and not one person said thank you to him. And actually he enjoyed what he did. He enjoyed, you know, engaging with that group and, and how, what he was contributing. And he knew that was valued, you know, each time he did it. But at the end, he, I still remember his shock of just like no one even commented, just no one noticed. And and it's the little things, it's this simple, simple recognition is so, so important. And that and what I was earlier this week at um, MK Don's, as we were talking about earlier on, um, with Ian Fever talking, you know, all about recognition and how important that is. And what struck me was uh, their head coach, um, MK Don's head coach, Liam Manning was talking about his team and um, recognition and positivity and psychological safety and you know for him it was all the emotional aspects that he was focusing on as a coach 
and it was really inspiring to listen to him because he's young um and he we're, i was expecting you know not being a football fan myself expecting him to talk about football stuff um wherever that might be and actually he didn't he talked my language he talked entirely about teamwork and um you know how motivated people are how they cope with if something doesn't go right or they're missing out on opportunities or it was entirely an emotional focus and it really struck me about how you know we're talking about what's what businesses can learn from sport but actually what sport is doing that businesses are also doing yeah and i think you know you talk about teamwork and you know it, the classic everyone within a team has a almost a kind of designated role or a fluid role as mm. we just talked about but mm. i think the emotional things and almost the subconscious aspects of being in a successful team is you know that's priceless really um and having that motivation and having that openness and having that vulnerability and having Mm. you know just knowing that you know if you're having a tough time someone's got your back and Mm. vice versa Mm. rather than if you're having a tough time you're having to try and cover it up because you don't want anyone to find out yeah two completely different scenarios to be in The, the last time i was employed uh, which is going back quite a long time now. I was in a team where um, I was given almost a blank slate and I could just work how I wanted to work and so on, which I loved because it kind of comes back to that trust and autonomy and so on. And because everyone in the team pretty much had that way of working, when the funding for the team stopped and it ceased being, for years afterwards, the whole team would meet up for reunions and we had all the whole team was still felt like a team, even though we we're all gone off in def- different directions, which is not what we'd expect when actually we were all given so much freedom, we could work in any way we wanted rather than being told we had to work together and we had to work in certain ways. Um, so yeah, there's quite a lot of power in that. So how do companies then take, or how much should companies be taking the needs or the wants of employees or future potential employees on board so we're talking about you know we would like we we would like work to be like x y and z how much should companies businesses be accommodating that <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a one of those questions where you kind of think hang on a minute we can open a can of worms here <laughs> um i think it's really important now more than ever that people are given the opportunity to be themselves at work whether that's mm. working from home or working in the office because like we maybe we, we loop back to what we talked about earlier about being happy and content within yourself will be mm. will be better for everybody around you whether that's colleagues family and friends mm. so i'm a firm believer that you know businesses should be able to create that environment for people to thrive mm. whether that's in terms of flexible working whether that's in terms of um you know uh parental a parental led style of working you know mm. so for parents who need to be a bit more time at home with their children then that's okay and mm. you know moving away from the hours a week mm. more to the targets yeah you yeah. know this is what you've got to do to a degree i don't really mind how you do it as long as it's kind of done mm. you know and we'll, we will help you create that system of how you want to get your job and your your um targets done rather than you need to be at your desk from eight in the morning till eight o'clock at night regardless yeah because i think that just doesn't work anymore no and i think 
you know, my, my husband works for Cisco and Cisco um, quite regularly named as a company who does a lot of good things around employee experience. And my husband's always loved the fact that um, their approach is about work as an activity. It doesn't matter. It's not a place. So as long as you get your work done, it doesn't really matter to some extent where or when you do it, um, as long as you're, you're doing what you need to do. And that's meant that we, you know, we have a motorhome. So we'll go off trundling around, um, you know, this is obviously pre-COVID and, <laughs> and ideally when the kids were, weren't at school. But we'd go off and we'd go for weeks trundling around and I'd be sitting doing my work and he could be sitting doing his work and you get your work done you'd be really focused on getting your work done at particular points because then you can go out for a, I know, swim in the sea or whatever it might be. And you just think it makes, it, the productivity was so positive because you weren't, there was no expectation to be returning to the same desk every day and sitting looking at the same screen every day and just kind of doing the same in out every day. It was like, actually you could mix it up. And our brains like that variation, doesn't it? It's like, it, we want something of interest. We want something that captures our, um, imagination allows us to be a bit more creative than falling into the same old role of I'm sitting back here in my usual office chair I fall back into my usual way of thinking kind of the box closes uh, absolutely and I while you're talking now I think of a question that I ask my athletes um, sometimes when they when I need to challenge them mm. and I think you know the question is in in if you in 10 years time if you look back what do you want to see Mm. And, I, you know, you could ask that to anybody and you'll get yeah. all sorts of different answers. But w what I would hate to hear back is someone who would have potentially, you know, sat at the same desk looking at the same thing mm. for 10 years, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, yeah, working yeah. on the same kind of routine. You know, ultimately, if that works for them and that's what they want to do and that's that's what they've decided to do. Mm. That's OK. And that's on them. But for me, like, I just think there's so much more to life. And mm. work is one of those things that. You're never going to escape it. Yeah. You, you have to do it, you know, unless you're very fortunate, but you have to do it. Mm. And so if you're someone like me who who kind of doesn't necessarily want to commit wholeheartedly into work, then you might as well do stuff that makes you happy yeah. and work around that. And I think if we can kind of take elements of that into the, into a traditional, for want of a better word, workplace, mm. then, then that would be really good. And I guess this then leads on to potentially things like the shadow of the leader, concept you know you've, if you've got a leader who's sat at their desk all day every day in the same thing mm. you know and, and then therefore expecting everybody else to follow suit mm. then you create that kind of environment whereas if you've got a leader who's you know taking people out on adventures every now and again or yeah. accepting that people need a bit of time time out or you know the highs and lows of life and embracing that and letting people kind of thrive and just having a go at running a business like that mm. and then that will filter down and people will then start to realize or to start to kind of flip their mindset towards work as well and i guess it, again it just all loops back into that that theory that when you're content when you're happy everything else is better and work is a big part of that but your just lifestyle better your health is better your output's better so how do you go about um convincing hard to convince because there'll be lots of people and I know from conversations I've had with uh, people recently who are given the task of perhaps you know developing their employee experience that's the top of their agenda whatever that might look like or um, they want to 
develop a particular aspect of the company but they know they've got some uh, people in quite senior positions who are perhaps a bit more traditional and are a bit more uh, reluctant to engage with the kind of current um, or the future way of working in terms of meeting much more the needs of em employees rather than just focusing what the business wants. Do you have any words of advice that you'd be saying to, to them to try and convince them? Imagine you, were, imagine you were having a sitting at a dinner party and you've got one of these sitting opposite you. What would you be saying to them, Ali? I would say, you know, that's something I use with my athletes, like trust the process. Mm. You know, there's, 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 there's case studies and proof out there that it can work. Mm. Why wouldn't you want to have a go? Why wouldn't you want to, to attract a different type of potentially amazing talent? you know yeah. and and ultimately you, you you cannot change the world you know rome wasn't built in a day you can't change the world quickly and some people you, just, you will not change their mind and, and that's that that's life but i think you know i would challenge people to, to sort of to, to find out a little bit more as well about what the what the people want mm. asking the questions I think it's really important and I think yeah as a, as a successful business owner you know I, I run a small successful business it's me and my wife but you know put myself in the shoes of, of a successful business owner yet you've got a direction that you really want to take your business mm. and that's great but for, from my perspective to a degree the more people that have input on that the more ideas and the more um uh the more kind of traction you get I think and, and so having people who are open and honest and up for it i think is going mm. to be a, a really strong thing so i would always encourage people to try you know step by step experiment Embrace, experiment if it doesn't work then go back to what you know you, yeah. if you know you know you know if you know it works that's fine you go back to it but you know what it reminds me of a conversation i was having yesterday about just setting our intention and if you say to your team I might not get this right but i really am committed to try we're going to experiment we're going to try something new because I want us ultimately to feel happier. No one's going to complain at that, are they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. actually, no, if it doesn't quite go according to plan, that's fine. You haven't lost anything. You've got, you've got people on board knowing that your intention is right, your intention's there to, to make work a um, more wholesome place to be or you know, activity to engage with. And I think when people are uh, a bit clearer about what the manager um, or the leader's are interested in focus on you know is it just about profit in hours or is it actually about the workforce you know we care about you um we want you to be happy we want you to be able to fulfill your role in whatever way suits you as long as you get it done um it makes a big difference isn't it to motivation definitely and it also but i think it builds trust you know yeah. as a leader if you say to your your team hey we're going to give this a go you know you've got a good team and they'll go I'm not 100% convinced, but if you say well, you're going to do it, then I'm, 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 mm. I'm in. That would be a good thing to feel as a leader. Yeah. So That'd in terms of going, if you, if you know, if we were thinking about some some advice to give companies now in terms of you know, there's leaders who are maybe sitting on the edge thinking, oh, perhaps I could give this a go. So you know, one of the things would be to ask their teams about what it is that would actually um, help them feel happy or help their work feel more integrated with their broader life what else could they be doing in terms of helping you know meeting some of these kind of unique needs knowing as well that actually for every member of their team each person wants something different 
yeah that that is a real challenge because mm -hmm. we're all individuals we're all different you know and i'm very aware of, of that but i think it's having a you know on a kind of practical level it's having a sort of a um almost a menu of offerings you know first up that people can start to make use of Mm. so you know as an employee assistance program you could potentially have used to uh, have access to a nutritionist or mm. uh personal trainers or you know classic gym membership mm. or you know something so that people go oh hang on a minute i've actually got things i could be taking advantage of to kind of help myself like i've it's asked the question yeah tangible i've asked the question and they've actually put something on for me to actually make the most of so then I'm, I'll, I'll make the most of it and that works both ways because then the business can have a look and they go, well, they asked for it, we put it on, but they didn't take it. Or mm. they asked for it, we put it on and look how successful it was and look how happy they are. Yeah. Let's do more. Yeah. And then you start to kind of, then the, the, the ball starts rolling. So, you know, it's, it's that trial, trial and error, like have a yeah. go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, everybody's different and you can't, you can't please everybody. Yes. But you can try. Yeah. And, it, and it's that personalised approach, isn't it? It's knowing um you know that you're well you have to know people individually you have to know manage part of managers jobs or big part of their job their role is really to know every member of their team really well and what motivates them what gets in the way what's going to help them thrive and like you telling you to get out of an office and go and climb a mountain would make you the happiest person ever it makes someone <laughs> else cry <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely yeah I so I, when I've worked with a business and engineering firm before, and one of the things we we set up with them was um, we used to do uh, sort of regular podcasts or like uh, video casts and presentations, and some of it would be on sort of various well-being themes and topics, but other things would be introducing team members doing things outside of the workplace. So for example, mm. there were these guys climbing, there was another person who was part of, a, um, like I think it was a woodwind band wow. and stuff like this. And just, mm. they would then have the opportunity to present what they do mm. and why they do it mm. and how that makes them feel. And it was a really cool thing to kind of start because suddenly those people who felt like they were stuck in a rut, see other people going off and doing things that really make them happy yeah. outside of the workplace and bringing it back in and just kind of started to snowball again of people thinking okay well what if I was going to present what would I do mm. and sometimes I hate to say it some people you know they would be like I don't know what I would present yes outside of the workplace doesn't that and say from, it a lot yeah for me that's kind of that's that's quite harrowing mm. and also just knowing more about each other means you can connect with different people who perhaps you'd never connect with before because your roles in work don't necessarily overlap. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I guess a, a good place to finish would be, you know, we talked about why you're unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually so much of what you've talked about today, Ali, is really about, um, I think, what makes you an ideal fit for the future of work in terms of how companies should be operating and how um, companies should be thinking about getting the best out of people and for people to be their happiest and most well so actually you fit that brilliantly so if you you know in terms of rather than what doesn't work for you in terms of being employed what are your strengths what are your what is it you would take to a, a workplace that actually makes you someone who is incredibly employable right now if you think about you know what companies are looking for and what's important now 
you have so much more that perhaps other people who have just been in that um, on that kind of like conveyor belt, that's a very standard process of, of being employed that perhaps they don't have to offer. Yeah, I, th I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And I think I've got, it's a real cliche, but I do have life experience mm. in terms of, you know, I've, I've been, been through some bad things, mm. you know, on a personal level, mm. you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the only person in the world that's been through the things I've been through, but yeah, I've been to some pretty dark places mm. and come out the other side fighting. And I'm sure there'll be other ups and downs to come. You know, that is the journey of life. And, you, you know, you, you can't be 100% happy all the time. It just doesn't mm. work like that. Mm. And I think that, you know, with my professional hat on with my coaching, you know, I, I coach sport, triathlon in particular and swimming. But, you know, coaching is much more than just the, the topic at which you're coaching. So, yeah, I can teach people to swim. Yes, I can get people trained up to do an Ironman. But then there's so much more that goes into coaching than go and ride your bike for exactly. you know, whatever. And I think those skills, those soft skills that come in and understanding people. And you know, I love working with people. And I love, you know, getting the best out of people. Mm. And I like the challenge of that's different for different people. Mm. You know, if we go back to swimming coaching or triathlon coaching, some people like the firm coach, this is what you're going to do, go and do it. Yeah. And some people like the, well, why don't you think about just challenging yourself a little bit more than what you did last week? Is you know, as a classic example. And mm -hmm. I think that that could easily be transferred into the workplace of getting the best out of people and, and helping people recognize a bit more self-awareness mm. and feeling confident in what they do. And then bringing it back in again to them being content and happy within themselves. This is, that's, that's what I, I kind of strive with my athletes. Yeah. It, and it shows that real strength and emotional intelligence that you have. And I think that, which is, you know, the basis for the good relationships and the basis for coaching and so on, which actually anyone right now in industry needs to have, in, in business needs to have, because it's number one, I think the, the thing that's lacking for a lot of companies are those real relationships where people know how to look out for each other and how to check in with each other and how to motivate each other and you know it all comes down to communication i think all the conversations i've been having so far um you know in preparation for this podcast is everyone said the bottom line is communication mm -hmm. and that's all around not just you know the words i choose to use but you know what i'm picking up on and how i'm choosing to communicate myself and you know, it's the big picture of communication. And I think that's something you excel at. So it's it's like I was saying to someone recently about who's saying, oh, I, I'm kind of a jack of all trades um, because she's actually so senior in her company. She's done pretty much all the roles. And I was like, but actually right now, you're, the skill set you have is phenomenal. And it doesn't matter that you're, you don't consider yourself a specialist in this particular thing. You are, you are such a good people person. You're so good at engaging with whoever you meet and identifying what their needs are and being able to work with them that puts you in a prime position for being successful not because you can tick the box on you know the traditional methods or measures of success <laughs> so, um, I, yeah i think you know if someone you know you talk about my talents and my skills if someone says to me can you write write me a cv <laughs> that's not the job for me i don't no. think you know <laughs> um but yeah no it's uh communication is absolutely key and, and one of the things over the last couple of years which you know i've experienced as, as, as well as everybody else is, is as we are now over zoom mm. 
it's not quite the same communication as when you're in person you know mm. and the body language and the, mm. the little kind of ticks and the and the movements and mm. the mm. I don't know there's there's things that you know I think our, you know our senses as humans are being numbed a bit by yeah being isolated in front of screens yeah which is not not ideal but yeah communication is huge so important so let's organise another coffee and cake sitting outside in the cold like we did recently. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, thank you, Ali, so much for joining me today because I've loved this conversation with you. I knew when we were chatting last time when we met that I just thought you'd be awesome to talk to because you're right, you have so much life experience, but you are very clear about what is important and, um, and why it's important and how to go about that. And I think... You know, some people have lots of life experience but are still trying to find their way forward and what's important. But I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about values and, and you plan your life around what's really important to you. And I think if more people did that, the, the world would be in a different place. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, connect with you, how's the best way of doing that? Um, so, yeah, my email is ali at trisoncoaching.com. Uh, you can find out more about uh, us on triswimcoaching.com. That's T-R-I swimcoaching.com. Um, I'm on Facebook uh, at Ali Hollist. I'm on Instagram at Snowden Six Ways Challenge, which is a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm not on Twitter because I don't I don't like Twitter. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to connect with people. And you know, if anybody's got any questions or opportunities or wants to chat, I'm, I'm always open open to have a chat. So it'd be good to hear from people. Thank uh, thanks, thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Good, good. Thanks so much, Ali. Take care. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on Beyond the Water Cooler. If you love it, I would really appreciate a five-star review as this helps more people to find the podcast. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you get notifications every time we publish a new episode. If something in this episode has got you chomping at the bit or if you'd like to discuss the topics covered in this podcast further, please do get in touch and we can continue the conversation. You can find me at lisa at itstimeforchange.co.uk. My details are in the show notes. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on what I'm getting up to, I publish a monthly roundup. To sign up, head over to itstimeforchange.co.uk forward slash join the club. I'm always looking for new, interesting people to chat with on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. So if you have a story to tell or know of anyone who would be an inspiration to talk to, please do get in touch. And lastly, I'd love to know what you would like to hear about on the podcast. So drop me a line for all suggestions. And that way I can make sure that what I'm talking about is most helpful. See you next time.